Good morning, and thank you so much. It is certainly a joy and honor to be with our friends from Dallas Bible uh, once again this year, and have really appreciated the partnership for the past 15 years in which the youth from uh, Dallas Bible have come to Cornerstone to help us to further our mission of sharing God's love in the South Dallas Fair Park community. And so thank you so much uh, for having a church that has a heart to reach beyond the walls here in North Dallas to uh, impact the lives of those in South Dallas. So thank you, thank you again. And so we're really excited about the youth uh, coming again this year and uh, have a lot of activities and uh, work for them uh, planned for this coming week. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so very much for this day that you have called us to worship you and to praise you. And thank you so much for the awesome worship that has taken place thus far. And we pray, Lord, that as we shall look into your word, that you would challenge and inspire us through the truth of your scripture. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. For you are our strength and our redeemer. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning, we want to encourage you, uh, if you have your Bibles or devices, to join with us in the uh, book of Jeremiah, in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29. As we look in Jeremiah, chapter 29, to provide you some context, the children of Israel find themselves in Babylon, in a foreign land in a difficult circumstance, in a difficult situation. And the reason why they are in Babylon in a difficult circumstance is because God had instructed them as he brought them out of Egypt into the promised land, that as long as you obey me, it will go well with you. You will be the head and not the tail. You will be the lender and not the borrower. You will be blessed as you come and blessed as you go. However, if you get into the promised land and you forget about me and fail to listen to me and obey my word and follow my laws and decrees, instead of the lender, you'll be the borrower. Instead of being the head, you'll be the tail. Instead of being blessed as you come, you'll be cursed as you come and cursed as you go. The children of Israel fail to obey God. They fail to listen to the voice of God and obey the laws of God. And as a result of them failing to obey the word and the voice and the laws of God, God allowed them to be taken captive by their enemies, the Babylonians. I oftentimes tell our church, when God wants to get your attention, he doesn't have to put his hands on you. All he has to do is just take his hands off of you. And you will find yourself in a difficult circumstance. And so they find themselves in Babylon, in a culture that they're unfamiliar with, in a language that they're unfamiliar with, eating food that they're unfamiliar with. In fact, it is a very hard and difficult struggle for the children of Israel because they find themselves in this land. And so today, out of Jeremiah chapter 29, we want to talk about a challenge to make a difference in the world. A challenge to make a difference in the world. So as they find themselves in Babylon, the word comes from the false prophets. Don't worry, we won't be here long. It's bad, 
but it won't last long. It's a struggle, but we won't be in this situation long. In fact, in two years, we'll be out of here. In two years, we'll get back to life as normal things will pick up like they always have. This problem won't last too long. That's what the false prophets were instructing and telling the children of Israel. To which God instructs Jeremiah to write a letter to send to those who are in exile, to send those who are in Babylon, to send those who are in this very difficult situation to let them know, no, sir, you're going to be here for a while. It's going to be a struggle. It's going to be, a, it's going to be difficult. But even in the midst of all of this, you are challenged to make a difference. You are challenged to make a difference. Jeremiah writes the letter. Jeremiah writes the letter in chapter 29, verse 4. And it says, this is what the Lord, the Almighty, the one who is in control, the God of Israel says to all those, notice, that I carried into exile. He wants them to be reminded that although you are in a difficult circumstance and struggle right now, that this is all part of the plan of God. God is sovereign. You are here by divine appointment. God is sovereign, and by God being sovereign, he can do what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, how he wants to do it. That when God, because God is sovereign, he doesn't need approval from anyone, and certainly you can't veto his will. He is in control. He wants them to be reminded that you are in the place where God wants you to be, and in that place, where God wants you to be in Babylon, he wants to challenge you to make a difference. Babylon is a difficult city. They have several challenges. They are ruthless in Babylon. In fact, in Babylon, they would cut off your head and you wouldn't even know till you went to sneeze. That's how difficult things were in Babylon. But in this city, in this city where they've been called, God tells them a few things. This is what I want you to do. Verse 5, go, you're there, and you're going to be there for a while. Plant homes. I mean, sorry, build homes. I want you to build a house because you're going to be there for a while. I know if you listen to the false prophets out there, they'll tell you that your Airbnb will make it do. Not so. You're going to be there for a while. I want you to establish yourself. Settle down. Get to know the city around you. Get to know your neighbors. Be at home in Babylon. As you are there, since you're going to be there for a while, plant gardens. You're going to be there for a while. Not only are you going to be there for a while, eat what it produces. In fact, verse 6, you're going to be there so long. You'll be there, verse 6, to marry and have sons and daughters. So you might as well go on to plentyoffish.com and find the right mate for you. Because 
You'll have time to court and develop a relationship. In fact, you'll be in Babylon so long, you'll be able to not only um, marry and have sons, uh, sons and daughters, you'll find wives for your sons and daughters and, and, and give them your daughters in marriage. In fact, it'll be, you'll be there so long, they too will have sons and daughters. You're going to be grandparents in Babylon. Increase in number. Do not decrease. You know what he tells them? I want you to do life in Babylon. You see, God has two purposes in sending you to Babylon. He has two purposes in sending you into a world that is ruthless, that is hard, that is difficult. He has two purposes. One, he is trying to get your attention, and so he has sent you to Babylon. But another purpose for sending you to Babylon is so that the Babylonians can see what it looks like when the people of God engage in everyday life. What does it look like when the people of God build a house? What does it look like when the people of God go to the grocery store? What does it look like when the people of God date and court and get married and have children and raise their children and send their children to school? What does it look like as the people of God are engaged in the PTA? I am calling you to engage in the life of the Babylonians so that they can see something different than what they have been exposed to. That's the challenge. That's the challenge of the church because it's so easy to isolate ourselves to move away so that we're not around any unbelievers. In fact, many of us do well not to know any. Many of us feel like we do well not to know any. But you know what he tells the children of Israel as they are in Babylon? I want you to engage. I want you to engage in the culture and the life of being in Babylon so that those individuals can see something different. Build houses, settle down, have children, marry, have children, give your children to marriage, have grandchildren, do life. Because you know what my ultimate goal and purpose of sending you to Babylon is that you would leave Babylon better than you found it. That you would leave that community a better community than you found it. I know in 1988, when I was called 32 years to go to uh, Cornerstone in South Dallas, they called me just when I graduated from preschool. <laughs> it was a community in despair. 
In fact, the Dallas Morning News had called it a war zone because of the drive-by shootings, the gang activity, the prostitution, everything bad. We were at the top of the list, everything good. We were at the bottom of the list in that neighborhood. As a result, many families moved out of the neighborhood. You know, the, the census data show that they've hemorrhaged families year after year, people leaving the community year after year, churches left, uh, businesses left. And we went to our church back in the early 90s and asked this question. If we were to leave the community, would the community miss us? And if the community is not going to miss us, maybe we should go as well. If the community is not going to miss us, maybe we should go as well. But if we're going to be here, let's be here to try to have the greatest influence and impact on those around us. We know we're in a challenging neighborhood. We know we're dealing with prostitution and teenage pregnancy and homelessness and guys coming out of prison and, and, and poor education. What can we do to leave the community better than we found it. This week, the middle schoolers, as you've mentioned, will uh, be with us again. Uh, about 15 years, the youth have been coming down. And, and that's what the whole purpose is. It is to impact, to serve, to change, to transform, to let our light shine in the midst of darkness. Many of them, some of the youth will be serving in the Cornerstone Kitchen, where we serve 13,000 meals to homeless individuals. Someone will be working in our Viola's house, where we work with moms who are teenagers, homeless and pregnant, but have decided to choose life for their own unborn babies. Some of them will be working in our day camp, where we provide educational opportunities because of, it used to be because of summing learning loss, and now because of COVID learning loss, trying to help individuals, children, catch up on their reading and writing, because 98% of the children in our community don't have a dad in the home. 56% of grandparents are raising at least one grandchild. Figuring out, as a church, a way to impact the community. We do, as a way of trying to impact the neighborhood, a home, a, an apartment, to work with guys coming out of prison to help them so that they won't be in continually engaged in recidivism, to get them on their feet so that they can become productive individuals in the community. What he is telling them is, I want you to leave Babylon better than you found. I want you to leave South Dallas better than you found it. On the wall outside your sanctuary is your mission statement. I know many of you already have it memorized. But the mission of Dallas Bible Church is we exist for the joy of the city and the glory of God, so we gladly serve our community, share the gospel, support our missionaries, and send people back into the world 
as those who've been sent on mission. That's exactly what God is challenging his children in Babylon to do. I want you to be agents of change. I want you to be individuals who light shine because you are permeating the culture with something positive. Don't isolate. Don't run. Don't disengage. I want you to be a part of the life of Babylon. In fact, he goes on not only challenge them to live life as normal and do life in that city by building houses and settling down and planting gardens and marrying and having children and, marrying and, and allowing your children to have children, increasing. But he challenges them to seek, verse 7, the peace and prosperity of that city. The word for peace is shalom. I know that city is a mess. I know that city has a lot of negative activity going on. I know that city needs help. And what I am calling you to do is to seek the wellness, to seek the shalom, to seek the peace in that city. And that's what God is calling us to do, to bring peace to a chaotic situation, to bring peace. Some of the buildings that our church now operate out of, where we do our bike shop, used to be a liquor store, where we do Viola's house used to be a home that was used for drugs and prostitution. Where we do this laundromat where individuals can come wash clothes for free in a market where individuals can finally in that neighborhood buy fresh fruits and vegetables was an uh, was a, uh, abandoned gro uh, shopping strip or a shopping strip that was a community nuisance where gangs would hang out and shoot guns in the air. Even the current church building was once a Minyard's grocery store that had been vacated uh, 10, 15 years prior and, and had a bunch of homeless people living in it. But now those properties have been redeemed. That's what I want you to do. Bring about peace. Crime rate is down. People are finally feeling good about the neighborhood they live in. People feel good about picking up trash, painting houses. I want you to seek the peace and prosperity of that city that I've carried you. I've put you there. I have put you. You're not there by accident. And there, and there are times in our lives when things happen and we feel like, God, certainly you're not in the midst of this. But he wants to remind them once again, as he did before, that I put you there. I put you there. You are going through what you're going through and experiencing what you're experiencing. And you're located where you're located 
because of my hand, I put you there. Says, I know it's a tall order. I know that's a great responsibility to have the responsibility to infiltrate, to be light in the midst of darkness, to maintain your witness, to live counter to the culture that is there. How do you do it? How do you make the difference? Notice what the text says. The text says, pray to the Lord. Pray to the Lord. Ask God to help you in the midst of those very difficult situations. That's one of the things why we've asked you about this week coming up when the youth will be with us from Tuesday to Friday of this coming week. Pray. Pray that God would use them not only to make a difference in the city, but also God would touch and transform their lives and their hearts. Future missionaries, future pastors coming out of Sunday school teachers, those who will work on jobs and be light in the midst of darkness. Pray. Pray to the Lord. Don't underestimate the power of prayer. God is at work. God is able to bring about change. Because God wants you to be in a win-win situation. It goes on because if it prospers, you too will prosper. God will bless. God will bless. Not only changing the Babylonians, but doing great things in your life. But when God is at work, as we all know, when God is at work, you can't rush the process. And what they had been told was, this won't last long. It'll be over in a couple of years. We'll go back to Jerusalem. We'll pick up where we left off. It won't last long. Listen to what God says. Yes, this is what verse 8, the Lord Almighty said, the God of Israel, do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. The prophets are prophesying lies in my name, declares the Lord. It's a process. And there are times where you've just got to allow God to take you through the process. I know those you want to hear, it's going to be over soon. In fact, he says, verse 10, it's going to be 70 years. It's going to be 70 years that you're going to be in Babylon. As, as we heard, even in Psalm 63, you're going to be in a, a, a parched and dry land, weary land, difficult land, difficult circumstances. But after that, I will bring you out as you go through the process. Seventy years of the Babylonians watching you live, watching you work, watching you engaged. I will come to you. He says, I will bring you back to this place. 
And again, I know you wonder, God, certainly this has got to be a mistake. Certainly you wouldn't want me in this, this land that is difficult, that is hard, that is a struggle with, with people who are ruthless. He says, listen, verse 11, I know the plans I have for you. I am at work. I know exactly what I'm doing. It's hard, but all things are going to be working together for your good. I have plans. I have not left you in Babylon to make it alone. I got a bigger picture out there. You may say, God, God, why? Because God is a gracious God even for the Babylonians, not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. I have a plan. And I use broken vessels that are messed up. He uses people like you and me to accomplish his greater purpose even when we don't understand it all. I have plans, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So many great things I want to do. Your life will be the richer because of this Babylonian experience. He goes on, as he reminded them before, as you go through this process, you've got to pray to me. He, he elaborates a little bit more, verse 13. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I'm going to bring you back out of this captivity. I am right there with you in the midst of all that you're experiencing. What is God saying to us? How is he challenging us? Just like he challenged his children of Israel as he moved them from Jerusalem to Babylon. I want you to engage in life in the world. Even in the midst of some ungodly individuals. And I know some of you feel like some of your co-workers are messengers of Satan. And you pray, God, move them out of the way and God won't move them. God says, I have a purpose. I want them to let, I want you to let your light so shine that even those ungodly individuals can see your life, your good work, and give glory to God. I want you to be an agent of change. I want you to seek the peace and prosperity of the city. Babylon is a mess. I want you to leave Babylon better than you found it. Look at our city. Look at our world. Is the world better because you've passed this way? 
God says, I know it's a challenge. But I am calling you to seek the peace and prosperity, to use and look to me, pray to me, seek me. And I'm the one that can change the hearts of men. And so this week, as the youth are engaged with us in South Dallas, we pray that you would pray for them, that they would be agents of change in a community that desperately needs to know of God's love. As they are engaging in meeting the felt needs of individuals for food, for clothing, for care, for compassion, that that would build a bridge that they can share with individuals their real need, which is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because that's what it's all about. And so, Father, we thank you so much for the family here at Dallas Bible Church. Thank you for their heart for missions, of supporting missions, of being agents of change in the joy of the city. And we pray this week as their youth are engaged that South Dallas would be transformed. And not only would South Dallas be transformed, but you would transform their hearts to be sensitive to your call. So we look to you, God, to do great and mighty things in our city. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.